Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Tallon. Hello and welcome to Arrest or Mimics. This is the Original Thinking and the Creative Innovation podcast. My name is Ben Tallon. I am your host. I am an illustrator and I run my mouth. How are you all doing? The weather this week is on location near breakdowns and ink-stained hoodies. Yes. That's the weather this week. Again, it's just going to get weirder, so don't question me, don't ask, just enjoy. hope everybody's good. I hope you're all uh, keeping nice and cool in air-conditioned studios. If it's anything like mine, it f- couldn't be further from the case. Uh, I sit right next to the window and I just kind of seem to be sweating at the minute. And I've been doing a lot of on-location work. I've been doing a mural in Cardiff in- involving Pikachu. Um, you might have seen that on the old social media. Um, I have been working with the Hyena Kill, a fantastic hard rock two-piece who've been on this show actually, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's episode 22, so go back and check that out, talking about the life of a DIY band, working with artists, the whole visual direction of musicians in today's industry. Really cool show, awesome experience with the band, uh, we were kind of thrown in at the deep end and... Thanks to Madeline Penfold, a uh, photographer in Manchester, letting us use the studio and giving us a couple of amazing assistants who saved our asses. We were able to pull off directing a video shoot, which was a first for me, and it was just wonderful. It was a really good experience, awesome band and really cool. Um, moving forward, I'm going to be talking to Gordon Reed about the kind of diversifying, uh, branching out going into other disciplines and learning on the job, so we'll cover all that stuff in a few weeks' time. Um, Gordon goes under the name Middle Boop, so keep an eye out for that. We've got Misled coming up for a return, the first alumni, as I mentioned last week uh, on the show. She was fantastic, the, the most popular guest so far, with good reason, because she's worked bloody hard and she's awesome. Um, but she's had an amazing year working in Hong Kong with all these crazy projects, so I wanted to get her back to see what she's been up to, and believe me, it's worth it. We've crammed so much into that episode. You're in for a treat in a few weeks' time. Uh, But none of this would be possible without my sponsors. So as ever, thanks to Illustration Limited, who also represent Misled, of course, uh, providing you with beautiful illustration, animation, design, set design, fashion illustration, uh, gifts, whatever. All beautiful, beautiful illustrative work and getting better all the time. Like I also mentioned last week, check out the new kind of setup and the way the portfolios are laid out. Really, really cool stuff worth having a look and really easy to navigate. So get in touch with those guys for any sexy ink queries. Ink and pixel, I should say. I don't want to offend any of you digiheads out there. <laughs> um, also, Hat Internet, my beautiful uh, internet sponsor. So these guys provide hosting web all the web stuff i trip off my words when i start trying to describe what they do because it's also complex but it's also essential to what we're doing so go and check them out um they provide us with a social media and an seo pointer every uh, every episode i've been getting quite abstract with these recently because i think it seems to me that increasingly my guests are doing something pretty cool with social so i'm kind of adapting it towards that at the moment um so today's guest as we'll get into shortly is um jane boyer who was the head of an amazing exhibition in Manchester, an amazing project called Women in, Women in Print, which we'll get onto in a minute. But we, Jane and I connected through um, through the internet. You know, it's just how things go. And I was on there doing the usual little sift through Twitter, and I came across Creative Boom, a Manchester-based company's post about Jane's exhibition, the Women in Print show. And I was like, what is this? This is incredible. What's So I read up on the project, and, uh, and it's really, really amazing. We'll get onto that shortly. But it was through a kind of mutual uh, mutual connection. I think Creative Boom have featured me in the past. Actually, they named my book in the top 10 essential books for illustrators, which is a huge, huge compliment and very, very kind of those guys. And, you know, I was a little bit, actually a little bit humbled by that at the time. But it was through keeping an eye on those guys after that that, uh, that I came across Jane. So um, Hart are always pushing the benefits and, and, you know, producing tips and kind of useful guides online about engaging on social media and, and maximising your outreach with things like this. And certainly for me on this podcast, it's proved um, absolutely in, like, ingenious because I was I'm such a novice. You know, the more I do this stuff, the more I realise I know very little, but I'm getting there slowly. Uh, and thanks to Heart, so thanks to Heart Internet for that. Go and check them out, heartinternet.co.uk. They're very switched on to the creative industries. Supporters of this show every month, which is absolutely amazing. 
And of course, last but not least, and perhaps most apt for for today, printed.com. Sorry, I'm falling apart here. (laughs) It's just so hot and sweaty in this studio. Um, Printed.com. Absolutely fantastic printers working with the creative industries, supporting this show in a fantastic way. And given the nature of today's show, Women in Print, it speaks for itself. Um, Jane Boyer, we'll get into it again shortly, but she wanted to look at how women can be represented beautifully in print and how feminism doesn't need to be frowned upon you know, as this beastly thing which you tend to get from some quarters. Um, I think you find extremists in any uh, in any kind of movement or you know people who get pissed off and maybe voice a little too strongly, but Jane uh, will talk to us about that later on and talk about how essentially all it comes down to is equality and what an equal plateau for men and women to be celebrated. Um, and I don't think anyone could argue that or put a case forward for you know against that. Uh, I think that would be absolutely preposterous. So um, it's just really beautiful and it just goes to show just how powerful you can be with printed materials. So as part of the exhibition Women in Print, there are a series of prints available, um, courtesy of Jane and the gang, which we'll get onto in a moment. Uh, the prints are on sale online at womeninprint.uk. Um, you can also get information on there about the women featured in print and the artists behind the work. And all proceeds from the sales of these prints goes to Manchester Women's Aid, which is part of the Pankhurst Trust. Um, Emmeline Pankhurst being one of the key people we're going to talk about today in this project. Uh, and they also support the local cause, the monthly gift. So awesome stuff. Go and treat yourself to a wonderful print from some of the ladies you're going to be hearing about momentarily. Um, and that is thanks to my wonderful sponsor, Printed.com. Go and check them out too for any of your printed needs. Small, big, shiny, matte whatever you need, those guys provide it, over 90 products, series of awesome finishes, supporting the arts, you check them out on their Twitter, they're prolific in supporting new creatives on their blog and doing it really brilliantly and um, I'm so glad we connected to get this thing off the ground, so thanks to my sponsors. Um, So today's guests, uh, guest I should say, Jane Boyer, so he's the deal. Um, I saw the post from Creative Boom and I thought I have to cover that. and I thought, okay, I can, you know, it's totally a project worth getting up to Manchester for in its own right, but my schedule at the moment is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, as luck would have it, I was heading up to Manchester to work on the Hina Kills video shoot on the Monday. So I travelled up Sunday lunchtime. So I desperately emailed Jane and I said, look, how's it going? How are you doing? You probably don't know about me. Um, I'm an illustrator. I run a podcast called Arrest or Mimics. And I really want to feature your projects. So I said to Jane, I don't suppose on the off chance you will be available Sunday afternoon, good to hear from you, um, let's meet, yeah, cool, I'm, I'm available, where do you want to meet? So we met up in a coffee shop uh, in Grindsmiths in Manchester and they've got a cool little um, little kind of networking space behind there, um, forgive me, I forget the name of the place, but really cool, so we just got a little desk around the back of there, we got some peppermint teas on the go and we talked all about what women in print is and, and what it means to Jane and why feminism is important and not something to be frowned upon and not aggressive in any way if, if, if kind of threat with all due respect and in the most effective manner which Jane has done perfectly with his project using creativity and skills to express not the views of herself but also 16 artists including her own work 16 artists designers creators prominent creators uh, locally in Manchester and Yorkshire and surrounding areas produced each um, an inspiring woman um, in Manchester or, or local to Manchester who's done something that some things you would have heard of some are quieter that have kind of slipped under the radar which is really sad and that's what Jane wanted to do she wanted to really scream about what these women were doing and get them recognized and respected and celebrated for this awesome work so I met up with her and uh, it was just I was shell-shocked Jane's from Bolton originally so it's not too far from where I'm from in Keighley and, and in Manchester where I lived for five years and still visit regularly so the list of creatives who worked on this project I'm going to name first um the designer, and then followed by the artist they represented. So we've got Eve Warren, who um, who represented Sonny Lowry. Laura Bost, actually, Laura's an awesome supporter of this show. She's always uh, checking in on the shows, giving feedback, um, and she's a, she's been a real kind of loyal soldier over the last uh, however long. So cheers to Laura for that. Um, she's really, really talented, so go and check out her work. And she represented Elizabeth Raffold. Uh, with Sneaky Raccoon, uh, doing Marie Stopes, Helen Musselwhite, Enriqueta Rylands, Tasha Wilcox doing the one, the only, sadly now not with us, Victoria Wood. Uh, Emma Reynolds, she created a design based around Her- uh, Helen Bradley. 
uh, Cat Love Day, Alice Margaret Cook, uh, Memo designed and represented, Amy Ashwood Garvey, Rachel Whale, Kate Cross, uh, Nell Smith, Deeds, of course, the, um, the you know leader of the suffragette movement, Emmeline Pankhurst. Uh, if you don't know about her, you really should, so go and find out, and we're going to talk about that shortly. Ellie Thomas, uh, Louise de Cocodia. Um, again, fascinating story, really, really amazing stuff. Sarah Cowan, Kathleen Mary Drew Baker. Uh, Jane Boyer, head of the project. Fantastic. Um, she's just done this stuff all of her own back, which I find hugely inspiring, um, being someone who's gone and done stuff because they wanted to, because they cared about it, because they found it creatively interesting. So slow clap um, for Jane on the back of that. And she represented Mary Stott. Uh, Amy Rochester, Annie Horniman, Angela Roche, also known as Design by Day, Sheila Delaney, Vicky Carr, also going under Textbook Studio, represented Amy Lai. Um, Amy Lai is a killer story. I'm going to save that because um, I chat to Jane about that later on. But it involves seaweed in Japan, and it's absolutely... Oh, and Lee. And Lee, of course. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. So go and support them. Go and buy a print from womeninprint.co.uk. Uh, sorry, .uk. Womeninprint.uk. Just brilliant. One of my favourite interviews I've done so far. Jane was wonderful. She was a great laugh to talk to. She's a proper northern lass doing some incredible, incredible work. So we're going to get to that. And you find us sat in a coffee shop on a Sunday afternoon. So I do apologise for any background noise, which um, I don't recall being too bad. So it was all good. And I'm going to be sharing these works over the next however long promoting this show and uh, getting the stuff out there. So the show is on till the end of August and then it's going to be moving, um, as Jane will tell us later on. So go and see it when you get the chance. It's truly worth the trip. I don't care where you are, where you are in the UK, get to the show. Absolutely fantastic body of work, beautifully presented, hugely talented women doing awesome work. Get us your thoughts, of course, on the Twitter, uh, at Arrest or Mimics. I want to hear from you. Let me know what you think of this show. I think it's fairly easy to do in Manchester. The design community in particular is quite small yeah. and it's so friendly. Um, like people, A couple of people have asked me about it recently and I just think that... I mean, I, I don't know, I've never worked anywhere else. I, can't, I studied at Cumbria and then I, I lived back at home for a, a few months while I was like finding my feet and getting my first job and then moved to Manchester straight after and I've been here ever since. But mm. everyone's so friendly and everyone's so um, welcoming. Like when I first went freelance... I went freelance in January. Yeah. And um, like when I found out that's what I was going to do, like the first thing I did was just like email like loads of people. I was just like, can I just meet you for a coffee? Because I've made this decision and I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing, but I need some advice. Yeah. And like everyone's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Even though they're all really busy themselves and in their own studios or whatever yeah. they're doing, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, let's just meet for a brew. Yeah. It's, it's the ultimate way you have to. Like I've been doing it nearly eight years now freelance, and I still feel like I'm, I need to do more. It's like it's the it's the way it all works. At the end of the day, people are all doing their thing, but everyone knows interesting people, and like you, you all just benefit from each other. I think if you just know people, you know, and, and be a part yeah. of it. So have you found that then? That's pretty recent. What being freelance? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. far, so good. Um, yeah, so far it's, it's been it's been really really good, and um, it's. Not much has changed. Like the, my job before that, I was the senior. I was the senior designer at uh, a studio called Raw in Salford, and yeah. um, that was quite um, like we, it was quite flexible with when you worked, and pretty much was like managing projects and managing like meeting clients and doing all that kind of thing. So I just feel like I'm just doing that, but just not getting paid and, like that way. I'm getting just doing it all for myself yeah. now. And um, it's like I said, we were saying about connections. Connections have been great so you know some you go work in one agency and they'll tell someone else about you mm. and then they contact you and then they tell yeah. someone else and then it just seems that like even when you start to go a bit like oh my god it's got a bit quiet just something i'll just like ping in your inbox like oh i've just been chatting to such and such body about this project could you come in and do some stuff for us and you're yeah. like all oh, right cool yeah so in that respect it's been really good and it's unlike having a unlike having a i guess like a nine to five job it's you can kind of pick and choose your hours so it's meant that when i have had a bit of downtime been able to do women in print mm. which is something I've been thinking I've been thinking about doing for such a long time and uh, just I guess what you just kind of get stuck in the everyday when you've got a job yeah you just kind of once you leave and you've done your walk home and you've picked up your, mm-hmm. your tea from Tesco you're just like oh <laughs> I don't want to start thinking about that personal project now well it's true it's true <laughs> I was actually just writing about that on the train up for a little column I've started and it is. It's mentally, physically, whatever it is. It's, it's a draining thing to leave work and then think about you know using those precious three, four hours, whatever it is you've got till you're going to go to bed. It's like 
it's not easy. It's not easy to stay motivated at that level for that long because it, you know, it's all of your time. So, yeah. so it knocks it out of you, doesn't it? So I think like so. Well, tell us about women in print then. Because um, okay. I think it's. I mean, I've been reading a lot about it preparing for this one. I thought this is one where I need to I need to know my stuff. But it's, um, <laughs> but it's, it's just I think it's fantastic. So oh, first of, first of all, congratulations because I think it's a fair old feat to pull off any public exhibition. So yeah, I've never done anything like it before. Have so you not? Is it the first? I thought this was one of the things I was going to ask. It's the first time, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well, congrats on. Maybe it's I, just I've been to so many that I just seem to develop. Maybe I've just learned a knack for it from watching other people do it. But I've never done anything like it before, so I've just been yeah. making it up as I go along, really. <laughs> um, just have an idea, and then just you just kind of. I started to talk about it with people because I always find that if you if you want to do something, you have to tell another another human being about it because then they'll <laughs> pester you to do it. That's a really good theory. On it, it's, if you want to get anything done, like anything, whether it's like asking someone out on a date or starting a personal project, if you say to someone, "I want to do this," then they'll yeah. every time you meet them, they'll be like, "Did you ask that person out? Or did you start that project? Did you pick your back bedroom?" <laughs> did you ever get and that done? Like, you don't want to say no, do you? Sorry, I know, sorry. and then you then you embarrass them. You're like, um, yeah, I can't, yeah, but I think I've got the fruits of an idea. Or yeah. I kind of asked that person out. <laughs> so what? So women in print? Am I right in thinking this isn't the first thing you've done uh, in terms of what's the right way to word it? The page three thing. Oh, well, so it's, so it's not uh, okay. Very different different nature, but but. But like it's activism? Yeah, but graphic, well, activism. well, it is. It's graphic. It's, well, it kind of isn't. It's graphic activism. It's like it's not. When, when you say activism, people think, I think people just think of like CMD or like spraying on walls. But <laughs> it, it takes on so many forms now, and it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It can be very positive, is what I've found in recent times. It doesn't have to be a, a, a big ugly message. It's like, no, it's just put, putting something out there and showing, you know, stating your intent almost. I, that, that's a big thing for me because I'm not really um, an angsty person. No, so me it wouldn't make any sense for me to. Um, I've put on an exhibition that would have been like, I don't know, like an in your face, <laughs> this is feminism, yeah. we hate men, not, not that feminists do, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would never yeah. have wanted to, and it I just wouldn't fit in my personality. And I also think it's more clever not to go down that road. I think it's better to actually make people think and challenge people a little bit. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think you get a better reaction from people if you do something um, that's positive and rooted in a good solid idea to say with women in print it wasn't just about it was grounded in feminist ideals the exhibition like the idea that you're putting women on a platform and showcasing the work that they're doing and trying to make a point about how these women Mm. have been hidden in history Um, but it was also about local history as well so it's because it was grounded in local history as well it kind of meant that you people didn't have to people didn't feel like they were going to people who might be intimidated by the word feminism wouldn't automatically think oh shit I'm going to a feminist exhibition it's as much an exhibition about local history as it is about mm. um, women and things like that so I think that I think that helps yeah so give us a little just give us a little overview of the, the exhibition um, so it's 16 pieces of work by 16 local artists um, and designers printmakers illustrators and um, we've got a good good old mixture in there some people um, running their own studios um, like Anstrom Design by Day and um, the two girls from uh, Memo um, and then we've got illustrators like Helen Musselwhite who makes stuff out of paper and she's amazing and I've loved her work for ages so it was great to get her involved and then you've got like again someone like Tasha who's like a tutor at Hyper Island does loads of cool type stuff she did the Victoria Wood piece mm-hmm. um, and then you've got people who are more traditional printmakers like Nell Smith who has a shop in the craft centre um, she did the Emmeline Pankhurst one so that was a lino cut that, that she then scanned in and then we turned it into a digital print um, so each of each of those 16 artists I researched 16 women who were from Manchester or who had done contributed to the city in some way so maybe they'd done work whilst they were in the city or something like that and then I delegated those women out to the artists and just said go away learn about them not go away go away yeah. go away <laughs> <laughs> learn about these women and and make a piece of work from it that we can sell and raise yeah. money for charity I mean I'd done background research for most of them because some of them were really really hard to get information on especially anyone who was from an ethnic minority background mm. it was really hard to get uh, you just you just so many different accounts you have to really dig deep to try right, okay. and get anything that's a, on them. that's a really interesting part of it isn't it i mean did you know about the the people the subjects did you know well first of all the subjects but also the artists start with the subjects did you did you know the people in who you chose the did you... women from history and yes things. some of them are dead so like you know um Kate Cross, who's a cricket player, um, you know, you know, obviously everyone knows of Emmeline Pankhurst, 
um, I'd like to think so. Um, but then you've got people like Amy Ashwood Garvey, who were part of the Fifth Pan African Congress in Manchester. I'd never even heard of that. I didn't know it went on in Charlton. I mean, there's a little plaque outside Charlton Town Hall where it took place, but I kind of, kind of started like just trying to find women from, you know, women of note from Manchester. And then as you kind of delve deeper and deeper into the internet, and then you go off on different tangents, and then you find like a, a, a Black History Manchester blog that's focuses wow. specifically yeah. on like Black History from Manchester. But you have to go pretty deep to try and get mm. that, and then. From that, I was like, ooh, right, I'm getting a few names. I'm learning about this Congress. Were there any women involved? And then trying to, yeah, sort of, I guess yeah. it's like an Easter egg hunt, trying to find that little Easter egg of just being like, I know that there are women who've done stuff. I imagine, stuff I imagine that would have been simultaneously <laughs> frustrating and very rewarding. It is when you when you manage to get the right information on them and you're like, yes, I'm pretty sure this is, yeah. a, this is the facts about this yeah. person. Um, that does feel good. But I used um, I used another project that's going on in Manchester at the moment as a starting point. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Wall Manchester Statue Project. No. So there's um, a local MP started a, a project, Andrew Simcock, and it was to get a statue of a woman built in Manchester. Because there's never been... Well, there has. There has been a statue of a woman, but it's Queen Victoria, and it's that whole thing like with the banknotes argument that it's a woman who's not there because yeah. of his privilege rather than yeah. achievement let's say well yeah it's not you don't think victoria when you think manx do you yeah <laughs> so yeah he wanted he i can't remember what he came about i think he went he said he went for a coffee with someone and then they just realized they were in a room that was just surrounded by like statues of men i think it was in the town hall it's just and there was no women everywhere but we know mm. And there's this myth that maybe women never did anything until like the sixties when you had like some, mm. when we had like, you know, free love and all that kind of stuff. But women have been doing stuff for Of course they have. Ever. You have to be a, no disrespect to women, you have to be a moron to think that, <laughs> I think, my opinion, but there you go. <laughs> but yeah, they seem but then they're, they're hidden. You don't like there's no recognition of yeah. them. And someone like Emily Pankhurst who has done who's like world famous for what she did with the suffragette movement and um, so he he started this project and they drew up a list of I can't remember how many it was but it was quite a few women from Manchester and then they got the public to vote on who should get a statue Okay. so I kind of used that as a starting point with Brilliant. women in print because yeah. I was like ooh I've never heard of that one before yeah. and I've never heard of that one before and who did get the statue? Emmeline did Yeah. Emmeline's got the statue I can understand why because she's just so yeah. prolific as yeah, a, a Mancunian god yeah I mean talk about vibrancy and personality <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing so I guess is that the, was that the crux of, of what you set out to do then in respect of you had to dig for that and you had to really put the effort in to find those people I mean that, that, that kind of to me that highlights the, the you know perhaps the whole point of doing something like that is that you shouldn't yeah. have to dig for that that should be celebrated more and, and out there definitely it definitely highlighted to me that it is it is still a problem and yeah. um yeah, just the fact that it was so hard to find information on these people, I was just like, yeah. even if I can just bring it to a small audience, that's, you know, say like on the opening night, if like 300 people came, maybe that's 300 more people who know about that particular well, yeah, person. yeah, you plant seeds, they might tell, their, might tell someone, if they tell one other person, you're 600, and it, it, that's how, this is how things begin, you know, you can't, I think it's a very um, stressful thing to look at the end, you know, the big picture of anything and go, well, that's where I want to be in 20 years. And that yeah. feels overwhelming. You can't, you have to start at the next step. And so I think you've done that very well. But um, no, it's, I think it's brilliant. And I think, I think I really think it's great. And the characters in that list of people. They're from the women from history. Yeah, yeah there's some Hell hard yeah. ones. I love, I love them. I mean, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to history and stuff like that anyway. And I love, like, I've always loved, like, English and storytelling and things mm. like that. So just finding out about people's stories, I just was like, buzzing off. I just love yeah. finding out, like, um, Dr. Kathleen Drew Baker. She's from Lee. Um, my mum's from Lee. And, like, don't know if I've been to Lee, but, like, yeah, there wasn't much going on. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, do you know what? We went on a trip to the rugby. The rugby is it, it's not a stadium really, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> As a primary school trip when I was younger, that was like a big deal. Mm. Going to the yeah, anyway, that's just me digressing. <laughs> I love just it. Thinking it's, about when crap this podcast started best. <laughs> <laughs> crap school trips. It's only because I was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be nice like if I could get a bunch of school kids to come and look at the exhibition? And I used to think about some of the trips that we do when I was yeah. at school and they were just so crap. They were, they were just rubbish, weren't they? They were so bad. 
you just like go down the streets like yeah. a bakery. I oh, know that's that's good actually. If you got to see someone making bread, that's good. But I just remember them <laughs> being dead crap, like going to rugby stadiums and looking at the trophy cabinet, and then everyone go take a pat lunch and <laughs> yeah, oh, it's crap. <laughs> Do you know when you about people's trips? Like they used to go like skiing and things like that. And you yeah. Just, like, never did. I didn't. Oh, I've never got any of that. Like I think Keithley. I think we're, we're probably on the same same wavelength with that. Good. Whitewater Valley was as good as it got for me. I'd like go camping like in Nosey Safari Park. Well, not in Nosey Safari Park, like next to Nosey Safari Park. That'd be pretty cool in it, in with the lions. Until something gets loose. <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? I'm just you were about, um, I've forgotten the name of the lady from Lee that you were oh, telling yeah. me about. But... So, um, yeah, she's, um, yeah, so she was from Lee and then she studied botany at Manchester University, so that was a connection with Manchester. Yeah. And then she went away to California. And she used to like travel across to Hawaii, getting seaweed samples. Oh, yeah. And then she moved back to Manchester, um, continued like researching there. And then she she never I don't think she ever actually knew the impact that her research had on this like nori uh, sushi in the seaweed industry. Um, but yeah, she she basically studied like the life form of seaweed. And they were in Japan. They were having problems with failing crops. The scientists used her research to explain why their wow, crops were failing. Okay. And it helped save this um, seaweed sushi industry. And she's such a big deal there that they have um, a statue to her called the Mother of the Sea, because that's what she's known as. And they have Drew festivals every year. And every year they like cover it in flowers. And I was thinking, she was from Lee, why have we not done that? What a wonderful thing, yeah. (laughs) Well, you're damn good point, yeah. I mean, why is that not more celebrated? And that's a shame, isn't it? Because that's an amazing feat. That's that's important work as well. Yeah, really cool story. It's just a crucially important work. So, I mean, so growing up in Bolton, that's that's interesting. Who are your who are your role models? Then? Who are your female female role models? The Spice Girls. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd say that. <laughs> were you? Yes, I'm weird. not even joking. Because I was guessing. How old are you? I'm asking. I'm 27. I've just. Turned I'm 33, but I was thinking like I wonder because I thought you looked quite young. I thought I wonder. I wonder who your role models are. I can't believe you actually said Spice Girls. In my head, that little voice in my head went, I wonder who Spice Girls. Then behave. It was like behave yourself. Like, Raining myself in. <laughs> Spice Girls always come up in like when you're talking about feminist debates because depending on your generation, some people think like they're like the worst thing, like they're just like the epitome of bad feminism. But then to someone like me, like I remember thinking they were awesome because they were they had proper personalities. They yeah. weren't just like um, dolled up. Yeah. They weren't. I don't know. They, they were separate individuals, weren't they? they yeah. People, I mean, they of were dolled they were. up, but. I remember just thinking like girl yeah, that was awesome. I still think they look good now. I don't know if that reflects my bad tastes, <laughs> but 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 actually that's interesting because that leads me on to another point I was going to ask you about. The reason I asked that I was going to say yeah. Manchester, you're not short of male role models. It's, I mean, I come from Yorkshire, but I grew up. My brother's got the India coat. He worships Ian Brown, the Gallagher's, oh, yeah. Ryan Giggs. You know, you, you, there's absolutely no end to male role models in Manchester. They're very prominent. They're very celebrated. So that's why I asked. I was very interested to know who your role models were growing up, and uh, so that's yeah. So, that, but, but, yeah, for this, that but, but, but for the same, but for the same reason, the Stone Roses are celebrated. The Gallagher's, Spice Girls. People might laugh or want to slap me for saying that. Who fans of those bands? But no, it's like they, they had attitude, they had personalities, like you say, and actually they were good pop tunes. And I'll, I'll fight anyone over that. I think <laughs> another thing that comes into it beyond feminism is just the fact that it's someone who's from the same area as you as well. Like to yes. see someone do well who's from. Um, Bolton or from Manchester or, or wherever is is I think is, is is good anyway. And the thing with the Spice Girls as well is like you know some of like Mel B was from Yorkshire, which they were from different parts yeah, of the UK. They weren't, all, they weren't all London. Yeah, for, for me to hear a thick Yorkshire accent like that in, yeah. in, um, on mainstream television was was quite refreshing at that time. You know, well, it was like beyond beyond seeing like Leeds United footballers talking on TV. It was like quite for me. It was like that's cool. Like that she's got a proper accent and and well, I felt like, some belonging there. You know. It's like with Victoria Wood, because she's one of the women in the exhibition. I loved watching Victoria Wood when I was growing up, because she did. She sounds like how... I mean, I'm probably doing this thing now where I put on my, my slightly better voice, but even with my family, it like, really comes <laughs> out. But because they, they sound like you, it kind of... You know, you, you can warm some, the warmth well, a bit more, and you're like, oh, someone who speaks like me on TV, It's that's common awesome. belonging, isn't it? <laughs> Much like the industry we're in, it's a beautiful thing, because you've always got something to get excited about, to get passionate about, even if there's nothing else to talk about. It's like, we've got this, and I don't know about you, but I like I, I live this, and I feel like, I always feel like a saddle when I say that. I feel like one of those business guys who's like, oh, you know, that my work is my life, but it, it, it's, <laughs> it's not exclusive. I grew up doing this for pleasure, and I've been... You know, I worked hard enough and, and had the right breaks to do this for a career as a view by the looks of things and I think 
it is that common connection thing, isn't it? And music's beautiful for that, but role models are important. And like you say, it's sometimes you can't really relate to someone. I mean, good example, I... Um, Michael Jackson, Bad. That was the first album I got. First single oh, was right, Shaggy, yeah. Boombastic. <laughs> o- only when I discovered Blur and I started listening to these like English references in the music did I finally find something where I went, oh God, I get that, I know what he's talking about. And it was like, it was a massive thing for me. So I guess Spice Girls was probably, had some part of that with the Northern thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I love Destiny's Child as well. They were, I'm a huge Beyonce fan. They were big. Yeah. I think it's just that thing that it's like, I think before that, I mean, I don't know, because I guess I wasn't around for much, <laughs> much of the time before that, but the idea that like girls can come together and just be be girls with each other and it not have to involve any man in any way. I mean, I know some of the songs you can talk about loving relationships and stuff, mm. but it's not just about... You, they, they can exist just as a unit of, mm-hmm. of girls together and it's about supporting each other. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing like Destiny's Child and Spice Girls, they, they were like best friends and they were supportive of each other. They weren't like competition or... Yeah pitted against each totally. other and yeah I like I guess that's probably what yeah. I think that's what I like about I've never really thought about it in that much yeah. depth but but it's cool because I mean now you know because my mind just works like that I start looking at the layers and I've always been quite passionately drawn to to graphic activism I mean I, I did my I don't know where it came from to be honest there's a whole back, whole series of backstories, but but I could be quite antagonistic at school in respect of drawing tutors and getting in trouble and all that. And it was it was always in me. I I, I got a buzz from the reaction, you know, like making people laugh. And I saw the power in what I was doing. But it took a few tutors to kind of bang me to rights in a really clever way to put me on the right track and show me what I could do with it if I used it right. Yeah. So only at uni did I start discovering people like Banksy, and I know Banksy's been kind of rinsed now in every like seafront gift shop you'll ever see. But <laughs> uh, but. Actually, through discovering Banksy and, and actually getting an interest in saying something with my work, I was led to, first of all, Ken Garland, who was a massive graphic designer in the 60s. I think Ken's like mid-80s now, and I was lucky enough to go on interviewing for a charity campaign like this. Uh, and he wrote the First Things First manifesto, which was a bill of 25 designers pledging their free time to better society, basically working with educators and all that kind of stuff. So I've always been quite really interested in that, and whether it's just been in my personal work or what, I've always been inclined to, be, to think I have to somewhere along the line I have to do good with my work you know so if I ever get a dry spell I'll try and find a good way to to, to use my work I totally lost my original point but I guess (laughs) part of being a graphic designer is the reason that they say well the reason I'm a graphic designer rather than a fine artist is because um, with graphic design it's about delivering a message rather than posing say posing a question like art does and I kind of like although I know you, you can pose a question with graphic design too but it's about communicating an idea very very clearly to people mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's the kind of thing that I buy into that someone needs to say something or something needs to be said yeah. and you find a way to say it and so yeah. I guess it's that kind of belief that if you haven't got anything important to say don't bother saying but it's true and I also think I mean what a beautiful thought to think I don't know if you thought but to think that some young girl for example Anyone, I guess, but might walk into that exhibition that you've that you've done from scratch, and then actually awaken something, activate some something in them. Where they, you know, I don't know, maybe they come across something they find inspiring with one of the women you've represented, or one of the artists who's created the piece of work. Maybe it's that they yeah, become a definitely. fan of that work, and actually, it's it, like we said, it's that bigger picture. It's about starting small, but actually, the bleed from that might be might be wonderful, and you don't know. But the idea of someone then growing up and actually doing their thing and strengthening that message even more must be an awesome thought. That actually happened, funnily enough, a few weeks yeah. ago. We did. Um, I went to Imprint in Liverpool, which is like a big print fair in Liverpool, and I was asked to speak there, but the, um, the organisers kindly gave me a stall as well so I could sell some prints on the day. And after I did my talk, I just kind of, like at the end, just said, oh, and the first person to like, come over and chat to me, um, can I have a free poster? And this little girl came over and her dad was like, Oh, she really wanted to be the first person to come over, and I was like, "All oh, right, yeah, cool. Which one do you want?" And then, and just like laid out all the posters, and I was like, "Just pick whichever one you want." And she went for um, one that was by um, Laura Bose, which is really quite graphical, which surprised me because there's a lot on there that have got faces, and I thought, I mean, that's me being gender biased, maybe. I thought, oh, she's probably going to go for one with a face on it because kids like faces and stuff, which went for one that was very, very graphic based, and I was like, "I love that." Really cool. And then he was chatting to me about it, and he said that he'd said. He told her about the exhibition and then she'd been really excited to go to it and they actually went to the exhibition it's at Rudy's and they came along to the print fair and stuff like that and I was like, that's so nice. So she was dead shy and I was like, oh, I was like that when I was little as well but I probably would have like yeah. 
buzzed off meeting an artist when yeah. I was that age because I've always been into yeah. art and drawing. It's unbelievable, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Like I had a similar experience the other week and I thought it's a really beautiful thing because, as you'll know now, I've been listening to the episode with John Newby and I get quite angry about um, people overlooking the power of it and just that belonging and, and actually activating human beings, not necessarily doing it professionally, just that it's a wonderful thing and you can really channel something in that. But I did a, a workshop in Markham the other week, I'd done a mural as part of a creative regeneration project, uh, one of six murals, and then the company who did the project had a, like a street art party um, yeah. on the day, so there was a, a mosaic workshop, I did an illustration workshop, and it was a mixture of adults and kids who turned up to it. But this one girl turned up quite early, and I think she was 10, her mum told, told me, and they just moved to Markham, so they were looking for somewhere for her to go and do, you know, Saturday school or whatever, and doing yeah. her artwork. And she had this rare form of eczema, and, um, and she's just the energy in her drawing, and, and like the confident mark making, she was so ahead of her years, and I was like really drawn to that. So I was chatting to her and, you know, helping her out, whatever. This other girl turns up, and her mum's like almost in tears. And as, it turn, as it goes, she's never met anyone with the same form of eczema. And this girl's the same age, and both into art. She's got the same form of eczema. And we oh, met wow. there at that workshop. Exchanged details. Ended up hanging out that afternoon, and their like mums were fully like right, you know, they oh get God, along. That's awesome. What a wonderful thing! Like I was like, it was one of those moments where I felt really quite like soft. I was just like, that's beautiful. Like that what? That just goes, that just shows that this is not about artists being artists. This is about community and bringing people together through a yeah, common definitely. and common thing. And I just thought, what that might that might change both of their lives. That friendship. You know what I mean? I just thought that's that's massive. That's like Godzilla also, proportions of importance. If they're both into art as well, they'll feed off each other's creativity, you know, if you've got like a creative friend and they'll like draw together and yeah. if you know, I guess like if that friendship grew as you get older then you've got that support network of someone being able to be like, keep going at it, you're really good or Completely. you know. That's the thing and the, so on that basis, I mean, so did you know all the artists involved in the show or did you approach them with this in mind? Um yeah, I'm not necessarily I've not I didn't meet them all, but I knew of them. I mean, I've been in Manchester, yeah, for six years. So, um, yeah, I've, I've met them through various events. Or just chatting on Twitter, a lot of people. Sometimes you feel like you've met people in real life and actually not. Well, you mentioned Laura Bus. She's always there or thereabouts in my network. Like, Is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's so, oh, she's so <laughs> lovely. Um, well, she shares a studio with with my boyfriend who runs 960. Hmm. Um, but so, I, I mean, she was actually the first person who I... She was the person who I thought, I'll tell Laura about this idea. And then okay, I told yeah, Laura, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to do it. The telehuman theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she was the first person I did that to. And then Helen Musselwhite, I've I'd done work with through Raw. Um, she'd, she'd made some stuff for a campaign that we were doing for the BBC Philharmonic. And then everyone else had kind of like Amy, I was friends with. Kat is my yoga teacher. Yeah. Um, but she's also like an amazing developer and designer as well as being an amazing yoga teacher. Um, so yeah, I, kind of, I did kind of know everyone, but people like Eve and Ellie, I'd never actually met before. They're quite two quite young designers, mm. um, but I know I follow their work and stuff because they're really good, they're really talented, and I yeah. just wanted to have an excuse to talk to them, really. Just That's kind brilliant. of get them to do So what were your first steps like? When did you, at what point did you decide that this, the exhibition was the best format for the project? Um, I think it was because the, the title Women in Print came from well, like my work with No More Page 3 and how challenging how women are portrayed in the media and I, it, was, it was a name that I was floating about for, for ages where I was just like women in print it'd be interesting to see an alternative of women in print in print if that makes sense so women in the print industry in print are women shown in a different way in print to yeah. the way that they're shown in newspapers and stuff I guess it, is, it would be fair to say it gives a degree of ownership to the viewer that can kind of make their own yeah make, you know, their own interpretation of it yeah, and I think um, exhibitions are just such a good, you know, they're so, obviously they're so visual and stuff, it's a good way to, um, for people to just kind of, they can take their time with exhibitions, can't they? You know, rather than having a debate or something, yeah. um, people can go in and just, like, spend the time looking at the work and reading up on the women and stuff like that, and um, and then hopefully, like, after that, that's when, like, the debate comes and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, that's what we're hoping to do. I keep saying we, but it's actually just me. <laughs> <laughs> like using the royal plural. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to do some more debates around this that's gonna, that will have been informed from the work and the reaction mm. to the work. Um, that's, I guess that's quite an important aspect, is it? I mean, in terms of, do you feel like they're kind of, you have, this isn't going to go away, so to speak, is it? This is, you've started something here, and I guess that it's got infinite possibility now to run with it or to take it to different formats. Yeah, d- uh, yeah I didn't actually think... 
about that. I thought oh, I just I thought it'd just be nice to put an exhibition on, sell the prints, and raise some money. And then I was intrigued to see what how people would react to it. But the amount of people, I, I'll be honest, I was expecting some negative backlash, but I haven't had any yet. Like not one, not one tweet or anything of um, people criticising it in any way. And then there's been loads of interest of it that I've seen the potential of it now to grow. Yeah. And um, you know, like one of the things is being part what, of Design Manchester and doing I, I, I think that goes back to what you said earlier, though. I think you've dealt with the subject in the perfect way. You've not gone in all angry or guns blazing and kind of shot yourself in the foot right from the off by, by going on the offensive. You've dealt with the subject matter in a very celebratory, very cool, artistic manner with people who are doing important work. And I don't think anyone could argue with the fact that there does need to be more celebration of those, you know, those stories you talked about. Incredible stuff. Of course there needs to be more celebration of that. So I think... All right, you can't account for the odd dick who might <laughs> spout off on social media. On but, that, but unfortunately, the world's full of them. Well, the internet's full of them. <laughs> I don't know if they exist in oh, real yeah. life. But <laughs> I wonder that. I'm like, are they even real? Yeah. Some of the things that people put on things, you're like, that is not yeah. real. They cannot exist as a human. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. But, it's a robot. So, you know, I think, I think you've, you've nailed it just, just right. You've done it brilliant. And I think, you know, I don't know, it's, it's just a... It's a, any exhibition, any exhibition where there's a common thread like that, I'm immediately interested in. Like you said, it's, you've got you can go in there as big group of people. You can go on your own on lunchtime. Yeah. You can do whatever whatever you want with that, and really take it in in your own time. And I think that's what's wonderful about not just that, but also the subject matter and the range of artists you've got in there. I think for me, the the best thing that I the thing that I'm most proud of with the exhibition is how wide the audience has been. In like, on the opening night, I mean. When you go to, not to knock anything that I've ever been to in the past, but you t- when you go to these design events, they tend to be full of other designers. Yeah. And designers are great. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. And, but and other creative people. But I sometimes think, like, we're keeping it so insular and amongst ourselves. Like, we're not really reaching anyone out there. And if you're going to inspire the next generation of people, it's like, or if you want to get people involved, you know, questions, a subject matter, you need to move outside of these groups because... I guess you'd like to think that most people who are designers are going to have similar values to you. You know, they'll, they'll value things yeah. like equality. But what you want to do is you want to reach people who... Well, yeah, it becomes an echo chamber otherwise, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's almost like that thing when the whole referendum thing happened and you got so many people spitting bile on Facebook one way or the other. Preaching to the choir, you know? It's just like, you have to... Um, I totally agree, having done this kind of work in the past, it's not about... Um, impressing other designers it's always nice to get that respect from your peers but I think it's about this kind of nature of projects it is about reaching wider society isn't it and hopefully connecting people with both design and the, and the topic of what you're doing yeah definitely and the thing with the like the launch night the um, the people who came along were all ages we had people who were well it was there's someone came along and she was only two weeks old and it was her first exhibition ever which was awesome <laughs> and then they, we had like you know, like elderly people just coming along by themselves just just to have a nosy and see yeah. what was going on and yeah. um, people who were carers uh, people who were designers and illustrators people who were sculptors people who were MPs people who were doctors like just just seemed to be students there just seemed to be people who came from all walks of life like people who retired but just had an interest in local yeah. history like you never see I don't think you'd ever see a person over like 50 at a design exhibition mm. have you had any feedback from the older generation um because I'd be really interested to see how they process that yeah. given given the diff, given the leaps we've made in society now and in, you know people being more open minded I'd be really interested to kind of send in a bunch of, of uh, you know of older people to see how they felt about that and, and be really interested I, I don't I wonder if I could you could find a way of doing that I mean the only thing I've only got like got you know f- friends of my mum who've gone not that my mum's dead yeah. old mum's not dead old at all but um, <laughs> like she's over 50 cover your tracks <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> whoops so it's like she uh, they, and they've all been they've all been you know I've had positive feedback from them but they might just be biased because they're my mum's friends but yeah, mm. yeah that'd be quite interesting actually you should get on to like my granddad used to go to like this little local get together like playing bingo and stuff with all the other roles oh, but yeah. you should try and need to go on little day trips to like the seaside and stuff you should try to find somewhere that does that and see if you can arrange that as a day out to come and see that show that would be good wouldn't it I wonder yeah. how I get how yeah. go about doing that I'd be intrigued <laughs> to do that because my focus actually has been on uh, recently has been on how do I get it in front of children because I was mm. thinking that I'd watched a, this video and that was doing the rounds on Facebook a few a few weeks ago and it was like they'd, they'd got a classroom full of primary school kids most of them were little girls and they asked them to draw a fireman and a doctor and an air pilot 
and what they thought they looked like and all of them. This, I mean, this is now in 2016 and they all drew men, men. Yeah. And then they brought in a pilot and firefighter and a doctor and they were women and they were a bit like, oh, right. And they were just like... It's interesting, Because oh, right? yeah. apparently gender is defined between the ages of five and seven. So if you oh. if it's defined then, then by the time you get to like 21 and you're graduating, you're going to the design world, you've had all that, those years of gender biases like just yeah, pushing it down. Yeah, So I That's thought it'd be interesting to get that in front of children to see if they were what their reaction would be to women doing some of the jobs that they did yeah. or achieving some of the things that they achieved in the exhibition and also just to get the feedback on what they think of the fact that all the women in that exhibition are making money from yeah. doing very similar work yeah you should um, you should get onto like a, an event like the big draw or something like that and see if you can yeah, see if you can that. arrange a specific workshop around your show for example it would be nice, quite nice to see yeah that would be good I'm always intrigued to see I'm, I'm very intrigued about education and like how yeah. Furthering like the yeah, things. So on that basis, where does the fire come from? Because school was dead against creative subjects. I think. Yeah. I think so. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because I've been banging the drum about a lot of that stuff, but actually, that frustration has led me to, for example, doing that episode with John Newbegin. To you know, it's, 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 oh, it's yeah, it can prove quite good fuel actually for, for a lot of things. You don't choose it to be that way, but actually, if, if sometimes if it's the best you can get from a frustrating set of circumstances. It can prove yeah. great motivation. I think it depends on you as a person as well. Like I'm quite stubborn and I kind of like to just do what I want and I've always been like that really. But I've got... Mum and Dad have always been very... Um, they're not like... They're not pushy parents. Like if... Like I played the piano when I was younger. You know, I still play piano. And they weren't like, you have to go to your piano lesson. I would, yeah. If I didn't want to go, I was like, I don't want to go this week. They're like, fine. And then I'd be like, oh, right, yeah, I might go anyway. Yeah, like Because I wouldn't get any reaction exactly out the of same. it. Exactly the same. I would say I, I was never pressured, but I was encouraged when I showed initiative. Yeah. So when I did go, it, you know, it, like with, with graphic design, like my mum could see that I was clearly interested in it. So she... She had no problem with me spending, like, sitting for hours drawing or anything like mm. that. Or she never sort of said, like, oh, you should give more time to math homework than you should your art homework. If you want to spend seven hours making a paper mache pineapple, you do that, Jane, rather than doing your <laughs> math homework. I was saying something else. How good was more paper people mache need that Yeah, amazing. It was like, no one uses, does anyone use that anymore? It's a skill that I have that I don't use anymore. I don't know, but you really should. <laughs> We paper mache everything at school. Everything. I thought it was going to be. I thought that's what the world was made of. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> when you get older, you make There's a title for a future exhibition. The world is made of paper mache. <laughs> Someone should do a paper mache exhibition. I Maybe that's your next it. one. <laughs> <laughs> Women in paper mache. <laughs> Come and make everyone pancakes out of paper mache. Papier pancakes. Oh, God. But, um, Bad jokes creeping in now. <laughs> <laughs> so logistically, then, how did you go about setting up an exhibition? Where's the venue again? Um, Rudy's Pizza. So okay. it's in Ancoats, um, yeah. which is just next to the Northern Quarter. Um, yeah. So I went about it by first of all, it was kind of reaching out to the artists and seeing if they were interested in yeah. doing a piece of work, and everyone was, um, which is great. And then I got spoke to like the Prince's Precision and GF Smith, who were just like ace. They just sponsor so many things don't they Jeff Smith they're just like wonderful people but um, I asked uh, Jane Crowther who's a rep in Manchester and she was just like yeah sure we'll back this so they gave me the paper so once I kind of had those in place and I chatted to um, Kate who co-owns Rudy's and she she was like yeah I really believe in the idea behind this think it really interesting they'd never had an exhibition in that space before so they were like we've been wanting to do something with the space at the back it seems like a so did you approach them with the idea yeah. of doing it in there? Because they were they they're, they're so busy at the moment, and they just said they wanted to do something with it, but too busy to think about it. And I was like, oh, well, if you give it to me, and I'll just do this, and I'll do a launch night, and let's just see how it goes. And then it turns out that we all really enjoyed doing it, and it was really really good fun. And yeah, then obviously I did as a designer, I did all like the branding and and logo and all that kind of stuff, and doing all the social media things. That's the the big thing if you do an event. I kind of tweet about it. And Facebook it's it and weird. Instagram it. I would say it's one of the hardest parts. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's so because dream. doing the work can become a labour of love, and like you say, the, you know, you delegate in the sense that everyone went and researched their person. Um, but then, yeah, when it comes down to that, you, you okay, you can reach out to the people in the show and get them to share things and all that. But ultimately, it's your it's your baby, so to speak. So you have to drive it, yeah. which is a lot of work, and I found out many times. You know, even with this show, it's like it's an ongoing <laughs> it's an yeah. ongoing battle. I have to, you know, three times a day I'm putting out sharing the 
previous shows, I'm engaging in things, and I only ever feel like I'm scratching the surface. There's so much more I could do with it, but it's not enough hours in the day. It's difficult, isn't it? What do you? How do you do that then? Do you dedicate some time each day to it, or do yeah, you have? Yeah, I have. I kind of go on first thing in the morning, and you know, share a couple of episodes, uh, share a few relevant articles, whatever. Just, just, just get some content out there, and then you know, in, invariably people will respond to stuff. So keep that going later on in the lunchtime, whatever. Maybe at the end of the day. But there's, you know, there's so many forums and, like, let's say, private Facebook groups of designers and things where I think yeah. I could do well to just go and share it there. But I, that's what I struggle to get the time to do because I'm running this full-time career as an illustrator and doing know, everything, yeah. you know, writing and doing all this stuff on top. It's like, God, yeah, I almost could, need, could use an assistant now. almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because now, like, I guess... 40 years ago if you're a designer you just you just rock up for work and do your job mm. and then go home whereas now you, you especially if you're freelance you almost have to be a brand in yourself a little bit you do everything you say on social media can reflect doesn't just reflect you as a person but it also reflects the work that you're going to do so you know if you accidentally say something bad or I, I don't know controversial it might potentially put off a future client so you're constantly having to guard your, your image yeah. It sounds strange. I'm making myself sound like I'm Taylor Swift or something here, but it's like. <laughs> no, it's totally true. I, I went, I went quite rough. But I got quite angry, and I ended up tagging like Zara. And the, did you see the thing about Tuesday oh, Bassing getting ripped yeah. off recently? So I tagged him in that. And normally, I wouldn't go that far, but I was so angry, and I felt it was such a kind of. Oh, it was bad. It's a blatant grab on our on our on our livelihoods. That's not too. I don't think I'm going too far in saying that. Uh, I wrote an article on it for Design Week about that. I said it's a gun to the head of every independent creative. The fact that if what she said is true and they were so robust in saying, well, we've got way bigger numbers, so you don't matter, that's a, that's an attack on our industry, it really is. Um, so I tagged them in that. Usually I wouldn't do that because I would you know, maybe be afraid about other brands seeing that and not commissioning me. But I just felt like, as someone who tries to put my voice out there and, and champion our industry and the people doing cool stuff in it, I just felt like we all had to come together and, and, and pull that right, yeah, out, right out in definitely. the public spotlight because otherwise we're all in trouble. So in rare cases like that, but yeah, on the other hand, you do have to watch what you're saying because you're operating, okay, we're one person, each of us are freelancers, but we're still representing the business, which is you know what we do for a living. Yeah. So you have to be careful. You can't be a total ass about it. You know? I think I think like with, with that Zara thing, I think it's good. I think that's a good thing about social media that you, you can go on there and you can back an independent designer and you can take on those big companies mm-hmm. I guess like with because as, as someone who's grown up with social media so I got Facebook when I was like 17 16 and then like if I think about like the kind of crap that I'd post then and in my early 20s to <laughs> like too. now and I think that's what I mean by guarding like I can't put like oh great night out really feeling it today I feel like a sack yeah, of shit ruffle. today and then I've got to go into an agency and be like, why is everyone looking at me weird? Oh, shit, they've all seen my tweet yeah. about me being hungover. Not that I'm ever hungover <laughs> when I go freelancing, ever. <laughs> ever. Never do that. Ever. <laughs> but, um, Tremendous. That's, that's the, yeah. But I think, that, but then that's the good thing, that's the good and bad side of it. So like, with the good thing with social media is you can champion things like that. You can take on, I mean, I, I do not think without social media we wouldn't have had this rebirth of feminism. Mm-hmm. in this country I mean in other countries it's a bit different I remember saying chatting to my Swedish friends about it at uni and they were like they were like we're feminists and I was like I'm not a feminist no I don't I like men and uh, I'm not, definitely not a feminist and then we chat and I'd have exactly the same opinions as them on everything but they feminism is seen in a different way and it in their country and it was very much part of their culture whereas in, it's just it just, just wasn't in the UK and then I think that campaigns like the No More Page 3 campaign and the campaign to get a woman on the banknotes and all those little things like that started to feed into yeah. feminism but it all came about through the internet I don't think it would have been mm. possible without the internet it's very well it's, it's a great facilitator isn't it? look at the Arab Spring and things like that and it's very inspiring to see countries who've had to deal with you know decades of oppression actually taking matters into their own hands you know if just for a short while and doing that I think it's inspiring stuff so I think that, yeah the same could be said for a number of issues I think it's uh, couldn't agree more, you know. So, um, so we'll, well, what should I go and define feminism? That's, oh a, that's a big question. That's a really hard that's a big, question. That's a heavy hitter. But oh, I mean, what is it to you? It's not really a hard question, I guess. It's in in the simplest terms. It's just believing that men and women are equal and deserve yeah, exactly the right to equal opportunities. Um, I'm not. No, I think men and women, men and women are physically different yeah. and biologically different and were probably mentally different because of hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years of social conditioning that means that we feel and we behave in a different way yeah. to um, 
men and men behave in different ways to us, but fundamentally it's about having equal opportunity mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, that's all, and that's it, that exactly. That's, that would have been the exact same reason I would have given if you put me on the spot then. So, why, you know, why is, I don't understand why it should be anything different, you know, it's just, of course we're all equal, you know, it's just, of course, like you said, biologically and all that, yeah, that's, but we are, we're all just human beings, it's just, you know, and yeah. we should be all given the equal platform to society and whatever else, you know. I mean, historically, like, you know, doctors and, you know, prof- medical professionals or whatever, if you go back, like, hundreds of years, like, would have defined women as like not being equal of men like yeah. mentally and stuff you know it was genuinely believed that women weren't as intelligent as men like we were incapable of oh that so God. you know like it's weird to think that that was a thing it really is isn't it or even just thinking back to the vote like you know women can't have the vote because women can't make political choices Fucking that's hell. insane isn't it it's, it's beyond insane it's but that mentality has been there for, for so long that it's, there's not a quick fix to it overnight even no. though I think stuff has, has, has changed or come a long way I still think there's a long mm. way to, to go because it, it, it I mean it's like with anything like with racism and yeah. you know homos- um, homophobia and things like that yeah. it's it, you might people might know that it's wrong to feel that way but they might still not be completely. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and then ninety nine percent of cases, I genuinely believe that's just a, a second hand thing that's been passed down from some ignorant yeah. dad or uh, you know whoever, just mates, whatever, it's something they've heard on the TV. And you know, I don't know what it is, but I just I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't think I will in the sense that I just don't I never have a problem with anyone. It's very weird, very weird concept to me that anyone would would feel that way. It depends how you've been brought up. You've been of brought course up it by, does. Like, yeah, of course it does. You know, if you've grown up in an area where there's lots of different cultures and stuff, it just feels normal to you, you know, like, you know, Bolton's quite diverse. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was the school I went to, I guess, wasn't, well, it just wasn't, but, you know, like, the town itself is quite yeah. diverse, and then we'd come into Manchester, and Manchester's diverse as well, and, I mean, I, th- I think, I guess with, with gender, gender, I think gender was a, was a problem, like, you know, sexism and stuff was a problem like when yeah. you grow up and stuff mm-hmm. and that is maybe that's something that is like typical of where I grew up but yeah. there is that sexism I would agree small, small northern town working yeah. class town you do you come across it and it is perhaps more prominent than uh, you know metropolitan cities uh, sad fact but it's like you say it's a long term thing this isn't a quick fix this is planting seeds and I'm just a big believer that in creativity is one of the biggest tools for doing that in, in spreading the word you know it gets, it gets people questioning things, I think, when you're being creative. Yeah. Well it, well, it does. I mean, I think it's in Manchester. There's a huge mural up. Uh, you'll have seen it off... I've lost the road, but Mancourts. If you're going to walk oh, to Oldham Street, walk Huge big mural, two guys kissing. Up oh, on the, yeah. Up on the thing. It's part of the Cities of Hope project. Yeah, so, so good those artworks. All the ones around the city. Yeah, and it just had such a, a buzz. But I also I interviewed Stephen Bliss recently. He's an English guy. He's based in New York, and he did all the iconic artwork on the Grand Theft Auto video game co- oh, right, covers yeah. back in the day. And he just finished a huge mural of like of two guys kissing in similar style. And he just we, we we hit on the point in that interview about how far we've come. And like now we can do that, and, and yeah. that's there out in the open, celebrated almost. And it's like I think that's a huge positive and something to really buzz about. And hopefully, in the kind of work that you're doing, you know, we can take that even further. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be ideal. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's got. I just think creativity has got such a big role to play now in all forms of in society. You know, off the back of this whole thing with the referendum, it sadly it's dredged up a lot of hate and you know negative opinions and, and people's ill will. And I think that this kind of work, what we do, has such a big role to play in, in not allowing that to come too much back in. You know, and pushing what yeah. we've worked hard to bring in, which is great things like what you're working on. See, I think with the whole Brexit thing, even though it showed how much of a divide there is in this country, I think it shows more than ever that the best thing that we can do is is come together and work with each other now. So, how <laughs> how, how do you are you how do you feel just about the whole thing? And again, another broad question: Are you, are you about made women uh, in print? Yeah, are you made up. Are you proud of what you've done? Are you, yeah, are you made up? I feel really yeah, I feel really proud. I think it's um, it's been long enough after launch night now for me to get back into the swing of freelance because obviously, like leading up to it, I was a bit like I, I had to put a few things on the side and I was a bit like oh my god I'm not doing my work I'm doing all this for free and I need to make some money but um, I think it's been I think it's been good I think it's it's given me a better idea of where the industry's at in the sense that um, like I say no negative comments 
So it's like people are open to discussing this. There's no host- hostility mm. towards it, which is good because then it inc- yeah, I feel encouraged to do more things off the back of it. And um, one of the things that I'm hoping to do is at the end of the month, like get all the artists together just for like an, an evening to just like go out for a drink or go out for yeah. beer or whatever. And then hopefully, like from that, I, I'm like I, it's already kind of happened, but through that meeting those artists and especially some of them are freelancers I've already started talking asking them for advice and things and I feel like we've had a bit of a community or a network which is nice Um, so from my point of view it's good because I've been able to chat to other female freelancers about challenges and work and because as a woman you you just are going to face different challenges to men if you're running your own business or in in any job really just Mm. you know whether it's to do with like like I had an interesting conversation with someone the other day about pricing yourself properly because women tend to undervalue what they do a lot more mm. than men do um, and it's kind of like having to re-change your mindset to value what you do yeah. more if that makes sense yeah. um, it's almost like you're inclined to be more I don't know maybe not timid I don't know what the word is really but a bit more bashful about your work and apologetic yeah. and things like that yeah. that's really interesting as all the artists had, but they've been made up with how things have gone. People, who, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Everyone seems to be um, really, really happy. Everyone's getting really good feedback. It's nice because I've tried to credit the artists as much as possible. Yeah. So when I'm sharing the work, so yeah. it's so then they can get you know like the direct feedback. Yeah, so yeah. we've had like some museums contact people who've done work about people who've in their museums contact them directly. Fantastic. And, um, anyone who's bought a print can then talk directly to that yeah, artist yeah, yeah. rather than it all coming back to me good, and then good, good, yeah. to relay it and it goes around doesn't it you'll all like I say hopefully now the idea is that you all move forward and you're, you're all aware of each other whether you're mates or just I don't know it's, like we said before anything from going for a coffee together to actually putting on a show together it's all it's brilliant you bring everyone in everyone helps one another and it's like a lovely part of this industry Right, well, the last question that I always ask, you probably heard, but I always ask my guests, it's called a shark in the tank, can I ask them for a positive and a negative, and it can be as playful as you want, it can be as of the moment as you want, or it can be anything at all, it's a totally open-ended question. Okay. And I, I, I generally say try and keep it within the creative industries, but I've, I've kind of abandoned that as well now. <laughs> positive it's, or negative, anything? Yeah. Oh, positive or negative. Do you know what, I'm going to say positive, I'm going to say Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, because I just love Manchester so much. It's probably, everyone's probably gathered and is probably sick of me saying it, but I, um, yeah, I love Manchester. I'm very proud to, to be from where I'm from. I don't feel um, inadequate or ashamed in any way to be from Bolton or wherever. Or Good, be working here. Yeah, I'm very proud of my roots. And I think it's a great city that's got loads to offer people, whether in the creative industries or any other industry, really. It's just a booming city at the moment. Yeah, Lots changing here. It's exciting. I love the place, yeah. It's very exciting to be here. Um, negative. Mm. <laughs> I think one, one thing that I find that I hate is when people, people call people bad feminists. And um, I hate that. Like, when people start to... Um, you know, it happens mainly in the media with celebrities but maybe it happens it happens in day to day life too where people will say take someone like Taylor Swift or Beyonce and just pull them out and say they can't be a feminist they're a bad feminist just look at them and I just think like that is just so damaging I just think there's no point in yeah I think there's that there's always that um, trap that you might fall into where you turn feminism into like this scholarly thing that only people who've studied it and have read the right books and have been to the right universities, yeah. then only they can be the true feminists. Whereas, you know, actually, someone like Beyonce using feminism in her album, she's mm. going to reach far more people than. It comes in many shapes and forms, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. And I think that that's far more valuable than having to have a correct idea of what feminism actually is. I mean, it kind of goes back to that question that you said before, where you know you asked me what feminism was, and I just think it's believing that men and women have equal opportunities. So yeah. if that's what you, if that's what your message is, then it's <laughs> feminist. In, in, in so where can people find your work? Um, well, my personal work is on my website, which is um, www.boyerjane.co.uk, which is B-O-W-Y-E-R-J-A-N-E, boy like the football player. <laughs> um, and there's also Women in Print as well, is, is on, on Twitter, and they've got, I've got a new website for that, and you can buy, still buy prints from Women in Print as well. Yeah. That's just womeninprint.uk. Um, 
yeah. Fantastic. And how long is it shown for? It's on until the end of August. So it comes down on the 30th of August, but then after that we're going to take it to the Pankhurst Centre. Oh, really? Match the meeting this week to discuss that in a bit more depth. Fantastic. And it's, it's going to be there for um, the Manchester Open Heritage Days. Oh, brilliant. Which will be good, because I think that'll get it to a different audience. Absolutely, yeah. And then we're, we're going to bring it back as part of Design Manchester, but rather than just showing... We're going to be showing the work again but doing a lot more just to kind of take it to that next step. So same before about having debates and things. Yeah. That's something that I'm hoping to do as part of Design Manchester. Superb. Nice. Exciting. Well, I'll get that shared as much as possible. That's awesome news. Yay. So, Liam, well, thanks so much for your time. <laughs> no problem. It's been fun. Cheers, Jen. <laughs> I found Jen an absolute joy to spend uh, to spend that time with. And as someone who studied graphic activism at university, I... Um, I'm constantly driven by people doing things they care about and sadly I think we're going to need more of that moving forward given uh, some of the evils we've got in the world at the moment. Uh, we won't go down that road once again but I just think graphic, graphic activism comes in many forms and uh, as Jane so beautifully underlined there I don't think that has to be aggressive. I don't think it has to be full frontal. I think it can be and sometimes it's well served to be so. But nine times out of ten, I think subtlety and, and the power to make someone think, the power to question your own beliefs and make people think twice about something they might be misguided on, is just such a it's such a weapon in the modern, you know, in the information age. So massive props to every one of those talented ladies in that show, uh, especially Jane for bringing together a show like that and learning the job and having the, the courage to do so. Um, I'm certainly going to be keeping an eye on what she's doing, so go and check out all their work. Like I said before, womeninprint.uk. Um, go and check out all the other ladies. I will stick all their addresses in the show notes um, so you can go and check them all out on social media and their websites. Uh, boyajane.co.uk, like she said, and she's all on social media. So please go and do see the show. So thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope you all enjoyed last week's show with um, Liam Gall, the wonderful 10-year-old freelancer who's still in artwork at school and probably making more money than I did in my paper round at the time, and his dad's paper round, because we both did it at the uh, the same news agents. So go back and listen to that. Fantastic feedback. People loving that for a multitude of reasons as he takes us through the pains of not being able to get tonal range with felt tips and struggling to draw real people rather than cartoons. There you go. Different reference points, but we've all been there. So go and check that out. Get me your thoughts on the Twitter at Arrest on the Mix. Go and check out all my wonderful sponsors. Illustrationweb.com, that's for Illustration Limited. Heartinternet.co.uk for all your pixel needs. And of course, printed.com for all your wonderful printed material. Uh, all supporting the show in a truly crucial way that keeps it free every week. Um, like I said, a couple of weeks, we've got Miss Led coming back. We've got Gordon Reed coming up talking about... Um, versatility versus set styles it's going to be a really interesting one um, Kingsley Nebechi coming up before too long um, I apologise to Kingsley who came and chatted to me a long time ago and I've been putting him back and putting him back just picking my moment but that moment is coming soon and we're going to be talking about his beautiful artist book called Tribe Hunters so thanks again for listening guys keep up to speed subscribe on iTunes, drop me a review if you get a chance, that would be wonderful and truly helpful um, Spread the word, let people know what we're doing. I want to inspire people, I want to create this body of inspiring interviews with awesome people doing awesome things, so I hope you love what's been going on. Get your pointers over, get suggestions, tell me who you want to hear from. I never really get that from people, and it'd be really, really cool to get more more suggestions going on. So thanks ever so much, guys. Cheers for checking in.